Tonight I'll be preaching from the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. For the preaching of God's word, I'll be reading verses 1, 2, and 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 1. The Bible says, Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sosthenes, or brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, both theirs and ours. Grace be unto you. And peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness towards us. We thank you for your love, your kindness, your mercy, and your grace. Dear Lord, wait not for your mercies, we will be consumed. And so we thank we come before you tonight with grateful hearts, knowing that you're alive and well, and you are familiar with all of our concerns and Thank you for the privilege that we've had to bring our prayer request to you. And tonight, as you now speak to us through your word, that you would use it in a mighty way to challenge us in our walk with you and to help us in pleasing you and to living in accordance with your perfect will for our lives. Thank you again for the privilege that we have to hear from you. May we be not just hearers of your word, but doers as well. Take full control. Have your divine way. Save some lost soul, stir the heart of every believer, and we'll be careful to give you the honor and glory that's due your holy name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for standing. You will be seated. Recently, I had a conversation with a gentleman regarding the church. And in this conversation, I quickly observed and recognized that the thoughts and the feelings that he had toward the church were not positive. He recounted that there were pastors who oftentimes use the church for selfish gain and to enrich themselves. He spoke of immoral practices that take place in the name of the church, young people who have been molested and abused, all in the name of the church. And sadly, many of these practices take place under the banner of the church. And I agreed with him that these things, unfortunately, have taken place and more than likely will continue to take place. But yet I responded to state to him that unashamedly that it is a strategy of the devil to tarnish and to raise up counterfeits to anything that is genuine and anything that is true. But in doing so, it does not change the original or make 
the authentic less valuable. You see, the same is true of the church. In our English language, the word church has many different meanings to different people. For some, the word church may mean an event. For some, it may mean a building. Some, an institution. Some, a denomination. For some, just hearing the word church may bring positive thoughts. Some, probably most, it might bring negative. But let me say here tonight that the church, in its rightful context and rightful meaning, is not a social program. The church is not a social club. It is not a hangout spot. The church is not even a building. But the church, the Greek word ekklesia, is a called out assembly. This assembly, as we see it occurring most often in the New Testament, is a visible assembly in a particular location. And let me say here tonight that it's important for those of us who are a part of the church, as God intended and ordained it, that the church is the program and plan of God that he has ordained to further his kingdom on planet earth. Let the church say Amen. And there is no more important and impactful business that is taking place because what is done through the church has not only consequences here on earth, but for all eternity. You're here tonight and you are part of the church. You are to value the church. We are to protect the church. We are to love the church. Why? Because God loves the church and Jesus died for the church. You see, my friends, the reason why love for the church is so important is because when we love it, we will respond in a way to protect it when it is under attack. And attacks come from without and attacks come from within. This was the mindset of the Apostle Paul and God had used this servant to, in a mighty way to plant several churches. And God also gave the Apostle Paul divine revelation regarding this new organism that was recently ordained and established in this age of grace. Paul understood the significance of the church. This prompted him to write many epistles and letters as we have them here in the word of God. And these letters provide invaluable teaching to us as to how the church ought to function. One such letter is the epistle here of 1 Corinthians. This was a letter to the church at Corinth. Now, let me say here tonight, and we would be familiar if you're familiar with the book of 1 Corinthians and the history and the content therein, that the church at Corinth was a church with problems galore. It was a church in crisis. Yet, amidst all of the problems of the church at Corinth, the Apostle Paul did not seek to shut it down. The Apostle Paul did not seek to 
abandon it. He sought, however, to address the problems using sound doctrine, godly principles, and wise practices. You see, my friend, the church will continue to experience attacks from every angle. As we have been observing on Sunday mornings, make no mistake, we are in a spiritual war. But if we don't address issues in a similar way as the Apostle Paul did in this organism called the church, we will find ourselves in a crisis. And I want to begin a sermon series tonight entitled, A Church in Crisis. A Church in Crisis. And I believe that as we examine this epistle, this letter, if you will, of 1 Corinthians, we're going to be instructed in so many important ways as to how we ought to function as a local church. We would observe what we can learn from their mistakes, what errors we can avoid so that we can prosper and have God's blessings upon our efforts. So tonight I want us to observe here in just a few verses Notice, first of all, a, a courteous salutation. The Apostle Paul customarily began his letters in a distinctive way. But as we observe his salutation, I believe that there is much that we can glean that will help us to understand much of what is said throughout this epistle in the right context that God would have us to understand. So let's observe tonight this courteous salutation. A salutation is an opening statement to these saints here at Corinth. Now, it's important to understand that the Apostle Paul, first of all, wanted to establish his credibility as a servant. His credibility as a servant. Now, notice verse number one. He begins and he says, Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ. Now, in these days of writing letters, unlike today, they mentioned their names at the very beginning. When we write letters these days, we generally put our names at the end. But the Apostle Paul wrote his name at the beginning. We know that the Apostle Paul previously was called Saul, but with his conversion, uh, he was changed in such a dramatic way that he symbolized his transformation on the inside with a name change from Saul to Paul. Now notice what he says here. He says, Paul called to be an apostle. Now, the Apostle Paul wanted to establish his credibility, as I mentioned. Now, he does this by indicating to them, in no uncertain terms, let me help you to understand that I am credible as a servant because I was chosen. I was selected. I was called. This is not my doing. This is beyond me and beyond my doing. Understand that, that, that I did not just force myself into a position, but I was called. Amen? 
So he's establishing some credibility. This is very important because throughout this epistle, as we'll see, he had to say some very hard things. And so he's establishing from the very beginning that I have some credibility, some authority with which I'm going to say the things that I will say. So understand, he establishes this credibility by helping them to understand that I was chosen. Now the next next thing I want you to observe is that he points out to them his position. Notice he says, I'm called to be an apostle. An apostle. Now understand that to be an apostle, the criteria was you had to have seen the risen Lord. And so the apostles were the 12 disciples. The 12 apostles as they were called throughout the book of Acts. But the apostle Paul wanted them to understand that he was equal in authority to these apostles because he had seen the Lord on the road to Damascus. And so he's establishing his apostolic authority in establishing his credibility. He mentions to them, I was chosen. But understand, I have this position of being an apostle. But he also mentions to them, very importantly, that... I am also representing the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, it's one thing to be an apostle, but who you are an apostle of is very important. And so he says to them, I am called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ. In other words, Paul is saying to them, before I delve into the meat of the matter, so to speak, I want you to understand that I am representing someone else. I am representing the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, I am an ambassador. I am a messenger. The message that I will deliver to you, it is not my own message. But I am delivering this message on behalf of another. These are very important things to keep in mind. So he's representing the Lord Jesus Christ. But he mentions further that understand that I am called by the will of God. In other words, what he's saying to them that God wanted me to be here. God wanted me in this position. These things gave the Apostle Paul instant credibility and authority for what he would share with these saints. But notice he mentions something else here, very interesting. He says, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and sustenance our brother. Now I read this first and I thought to myself, Sustenance? Why would sustenance be here? Is it sustenance will that allowed him to be an apostle? I don't think that the Apostle Paul was saying that I have the authority coming from this brother. But the Apostle Paul wanted to acknowledge his fellow laborer. He wanted to acknowledge his fellow supporter. Those who labored closely with him. We see this throughout the epistles that the Apostle Paul was, uh, took his, his, his relationships with, with laborers very seriously. He valued and treasured 
co-laborers in the ministry. And he wanted the saints at Corinth to understand that Sosthenes was with him. He was a companion. He was a brother. And so understand here that in this first verse that the Apostle Paul is establishing his credibility as a servant. This is vital. This is key. This is foundational for what he would say in this very important letter. Now notice secondly, I want you to observe in verse number two, as it relates to his salutation, his greeting, if you will, who he is writing to. Notice the congregation is specific. Notice it says, unto the church of God, which is at where? Corinth. To them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints and with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, both theirs and ours. My friend, it's very important when we read the Bible that we understand the context in which it is written. Keep in mind, this is a letter. When you write a letter, you are the sender and there is a receiver or a recipient. This specific letter that the Apostle Paul is writing by way of this epistle, it is specifically written to a particular church and he mentions here that this church is a particular church in a particular location, that location being the city of Corinth. Now, This is very important because throughout this letter, we will notice that the Apostle Paul deals with some specific problems. These problems, they're not unique only to the church at Corinth, but he was addressing problems for the church at Corinth. So much so that the Apostle Paul not only mentions specific problems, but he mentions specific people who were at this specific church. Now, why is this important? This is important, my friend, because as we seek to understand the context, it will help us to understand how a local church ought to function. It will help us to understand that what the Apostle Paul mentions in these letters, while sometimes mistakenly they are sought to be applied to a universal context, it is important to understand that much of what the Apostle Paul mentions in these letters pertain to how a local church ought to function. Now, if you look at this verse, I want you to understand that it's a sentence that has a number of commas. But the presence of these phrases are referring to the church. Now, look with me as I explain this. He says, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, comma. Then he says, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus. Understand that he is elaborating still on the church at Corinth. Called to be saints. He's referring to the church at Corinth, 
with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. He's saying to them that, that you are saints. You are the church at Corinth. And likewise, you similarly call upon the name of the Lord like saints in other places. Both theirs and ours. So it's very important to understand the context in which the Apostle Paul is writing this entire letter. It has a specific recipient the church at Corinth. Now understand, we're going to be instructed as to how we should function in light of what he says to this specific congregation. Now, in closing, notice in verse number three, he ends this salutation and he makes this statement, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Now understand, and we, we, we're going to see this in great detail, and I'm just giving you a, a, a little foundation. The Apostle Paul is addressing this church, keeping in mind that he must have a heavy heart as he pens this letter. Because the subject matter that he deals with throughout this epistle Listen, it's some heavy stuff. It's some things that would make you shudder to imagine that this sort of things are happening in a church of the living God. And so he addresses them, but understand, as much as he's going to deal with some difficult matters, he's going to deal with some personal matters, He's going to mention some names. He's going to call out some folks. The Apostle Paul craves their success. He wants them to be successful. He wants them to do right by God. He loves the saints in this church. And so before he gets into some of the tough stuff, he says to them from the very beginning, listen, I want God's grace upon your life. I want God's peace upon you. I want God's blessings upon you. I want you to understand that in my heart, I am for you in every aspect. Because he's going to say some hard things. And listen, we know and understand that in this thing called the church, sometimes when you have to say some hard things, listen, it's going to hurt. But what we must understand, and I can identify with the Apostle Paul, and I'm sure, listen, he, he, he must have mourned as he wrote this. Listen, as much as it hurts, listen, it hurt the Apostle Paul to even have to address it. But of necessity, because of love. He had to. And so the Apostle Paul, in this opening salutation, this opening greeting, knew that it was very important that he established his credibility as a servant. It's important that we understand who he was writing this letter to. This was a church who was in a, which was in a, Metropolis, if you will. This was a hustling, bustling city. This was, was, was the center of where it was happening. 
But God, in his mercy and grace, had established a church. A church that would further the kingdom of God. And we'll see later a church that is mentioned here in this chapter that would come behind in no gift. You know what that tells me? God can raise up a church anywhere. Because it's not the power of man. It's the power of God. But God has some requirements. How a church ought to function if it's going to have God's blessings. And we'll see that in great detail over the next several weeks and months. But it's important we understand the heart of the apostle as he opens this letter. And I trust that in the days to come that we would learn much, that we would glean, and that we would grow and we would be mindful that what we are involved in, my friend, it is a blessing from God. It is a privilege to be a part of building the kingdom. But make no mistake about it. It is serious business. And we ought to want God's blessings. We ought to do everything that we can to protect to preserve, to give our lives for what is near and dear to the heart of God. It's God's kingdom building vehicle, organism to further his will and his kingdom on earth. And I trust that we recognize how privileged we are be a part of what is near and dear to the heart of God. The church at Corinth was in a crisis. And because of Paul's diligence, because of Paul's sincerity, because of Paul's honesty, guess what? They turned it around. And his subsequent letter to them he commended them because every problem has a solution. But the solution requires the wisdom of Almighty God and our obedience to align ourselves with God's instructions.